Hello and welcome to the Flippin' Weirds podcast. We are based in the UK and we'll be talking all things Malifaux, from news and reviews to events and tactics. Enjoy the show. is up nerds we are back with another explorers society first look episode um we have steve back with us today and matt as usual so do you want to say hi matt hi matt hi matt (laughs) yeah brilliant and steve do you want to say hello 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 cool all right so let's ask steve a different question today so how about this steve if you could introduce one um let's say, person or creature, whether it's real or make-believe, into the world of Malifaux, so such as, like, Seamus is based on, like, Jack the Ripper, stuff like that. What would you introduce, and what faction would it go in? Oh, that's a difficult one. Um, I think what would be quite fun, and it would be Bayou, even though I don't play them, um, to have a Genghis Khan-style Bayou model. Um, So he's got, like, his horde of probably riding something small i don't know perhaps they're all riding little piglets or something i don't know but you just have this horde of mounted archers kind of mechanic going on with him that, that would be pretty cool that would be pretty cool what about you matt i don't know because i was thinking the exact same thing so it's interesting um uh, i i feel like this just the game needs more dragons and more dragons uh, i would like drag yeah some sort of dragon themed crew um and like you could have like little kobold-esque things like little lizards and like big dragon as the master like a proper lizard lizard theme i don't know why that's come to me but yeah i really want something with dragons probably because i just want to see weird do a big dragon model now they've done something a little bit like it for the other side but yeah just something big and dragon like not 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 enough that you've got the shadow emissary no no see that's not the kind of dragon i want i want the i want the other style of dragon the wow, what's European the style? Yeah, that's it. There we go. Yeah, I want that that style of dragon and it, all its minions. Some classic dragon, man. Ah, oh, fair enough. What faction would that go in? It's probably Neverborn, right? I would say. I mean, so not 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 in thunders with all the other dragons. No, no. I I, I think like because that's a specific style of dragon. I think this would be like the other side of the dragons. Like maybe they're the enemies of those dragons. Like it's two sides of the dragons. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I would probably want to put in a proper vampire. Um, I know we've got Yin, who is pseudo-vampire, but I would like to see a proper traditional kind of vampire, um, or even more like a feral one. Um, it would definitely go into Rezzas, um, but yeah, a proper vampire in Malifaux would be awesome. A proper Mr. Trick here, isn't it? I should have said werewolves beyond. Like You've already got Ferdinand Vogel, but entire crew of werewolves would have been amazing. Proper missed that. You could have both <laughs> in the same faction, I guess. Yeah, that'd be so and then, cool. Then you get um, what's her name? What's the actress that did Underworld? You get her. Yeah. Oh, well, Kate Beckinsale. That's the one. <laughs> Gotta love a Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, yeah. So there we go. Yeah, Matt, you did miss a trick there to put werewolves into Malifaux. But I bet if I'd gone first, you would have remembered, right? Yeah, totally. 
totally would have done. Just because you went vampires, and immediately my brain goes, damn it, Jamie, you're vampires. Every time. How, how very Twilight of us. <laughs> All right, let's move swiftly on from that. So today we're going to be looking at the syndicate keyword for Explorer Society. So starting from the top with Anya Lycarian, uh, she is the master of syndicate. So she's got some rules on the front of her card that are common throughout Malifaux. So we've got Blade Rush, hard to kill, hostile work environment. So hostile work environment is a super good ability. It's great to see it come in on another model. She has six wounds, willpower five, move six, so pretty snappy with 10 wounds. So 10 wounds is on the low side for a master. Um, but if we look at her cost 13, we can assume that she's got a pretty beefy totem to come as well. Um, there's two other things on the front of her card. The first is her keyword ability, which is price of progress. After this model declares an action, it may suffer one damage to add any one suit to its dual total. That is awesome. Can't get enough of that. That is always good. Is obviously the downside of sacrificing your own wounds, but there is a lot of potential with being able to guarantee triggers. The other ability on the front of her card is expansionist. So if this model is the cruise leader, enemy models treat friendly scheme markers within this model's line of sight and the area within one of those scheme markers as hazardous. That sounds awesome. What are you guys thinking? I I think it's awesome. Actually, yeah. Already you kind of get a get a sense of where this 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 crew, this keyword is going. Um yeah, it strikes me as it's just gonna be a massive pain to get around, pain to move around. Uh, I feel like everything I do is going to cost me something. Yeah, I mean, she's actually one of the masters I'm looking forward to most in Explorers, which is surprising because she's not looking like that much of a beta master for me or a killer, maybe. But um, that price of progress and the low wounds, you're really going to have to work on balancing that, choosing the suits when you need them and as you need them, because with only 10 wounds, she can damage herself enough that she just leaves herself open to an easy kill. But yeah, she's that and expansion is like, say, hostile work environment. She's going to be great for scheming and denying schemes, I think. Mass, massive level of um, efficiency there as well, right? Like actually putting scheme markers down to run run your game, run your game, score your points, and they're having an effect on your enemy's crew. Amazing. Yeah, I'm really liking the look of her very much. Okay, cool. So let's look at the back of the card. So she's got her Ancestral Tomahawk, range one, stat seven, which is pretty impressive, targeting defense. Target suffers two, three, four damage, which is probably a little bit on the low side for a master, but don't be alarmed. There is ways to manipulate that. Um, this model may look at the top card of its fate deck and may choose to discard it. So that's pretty cool. A little bit of a future sight there when she's attacking. Um, she's got a trigger on every single suit, which don't forget with Price of Progress, she can build in whichever one she wants. On a Mask, she's got Reposition. On a Ram, she's got Siphon Life, so that takes it up to a 3-4-5 damage and heals her one afterwards. She's got on a Crow, Stunning Strike, so target gains Stunned. Stunned, as we know, is a really, really effective condition in the game. And on a Tome, she's got Surge. That seems good. Yeah, I think, actually, you say low damage spread, but with... Siphon life and price of progress. She basically can guarantee she's always doing three damage, and with the and with the heal, it's not really costing her anything. So three, four, five, I would say, is more realistic of what she actually looks like. Well, it's costing her the risk, right? So if she if she takes a wound to put the ram on it and then doesn't hit the attack, she's just suffered a wound. 
Um, but it gives you that potential payoff risk reward scenario. Stat seven though, she's oh, probably hitting that. With, I've seen it with Manos. Um, you know, you you flip it and you flip that black joker and you've damaged yourself when you're hoping to heal. Not great. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think stat seven means more times than not that's that's not really happening. I think the black joker happens to everyone, right? I think you're right, Steve. But yeah, I, I don't I don't see that being a problem for for damage person. Yeah, she's definitely got the potential to force it through um, with the stat 7, which is nice. All right, let's look at the rest of her card. So uh, she's got an attack action bonus, which is called Bleeding Edge. It is stat 4 and requires a 10 to go off. Drop a scheme marker completely within range, which is 6 inches. Enemy models in the area between this model and the dropped marker must pass a target number X defense jewel or suffer 2 damage, where X is equal to the action's final jewel total. So that's potentially well with a red joker which you probably wouldn't spend on this but potentially target number 18 defense jewel or suffer two damage uh she's got two triggers which don't forget she can build in one of which is mass hysteria and the other one is steel momentum which means place this model in base contact with the drop marker so that's a really great movement trick for her and then mass hysteria don't forget um, if she can see that scheme marker that counts as hazardous for the enemy model so if you do two damage to them and then mass hysteria to push them three inches any direction, and you push them within one inch of that scheme marker, that's going to take that up to three damage. Yeah, I think I think this is really good. And the fact it's a bonus action is is solid. Um, and actually being able to bump that to a... Yeah, I, I'd comfortably drop an 11 on that, make that target number 15 defense duel. And yeah, Definitely. take the point damage from mask. Yeah, of three damage to all things in it. Also with the... the uh, bit of manoeuvrability that comes from mass hysteria solid i mean one of the things there it's not just three damage as well it's two separate things of two and one which if you're up against armored opponents you know that's great and if you haven't got any enemies there you've basically got a leap on a six because she can choose the suit whenever she wants um and if as we'll probably talk about a bit of versatiles later you know either the embassy or effigy's got their aura up she can heal it if you throw in an eight so she kind of takes the suit jumps and heals great stuff yeah, and also, so the the other thing to remember actually is if you've pushed them with mass hysteria, if you get them within one inch of that scheme marker to take the extra damage, but not touching the scheme marker, you're then guaranteed another damage where they've got to either move through the hazardous aura to get out of it, move into the hazardous aura further to then take another action to remove the scheme marker. So it gives you more damage. You're potentially looking at four damage to models that you can put within an inch of this scheme marker, which is really, really cool. Um, so she's got two more actions. Both of these are tactical. Um, the first one is Union Buster. So this one's a little bit weird. Choose either towards or away. Push all models within two of the target up to two inches in the chosen direction of the target. So it's range six, and that's it. So there's no resist on this. What do we think? I mean, it's it's great for protecting things, or if you know if someone goes and ties up your runner who's trying to take a um, you know, a symbol of authority. You just target your runner, push them, and say away, and you just push everyone away from them, which frees them up to do what they need to do. You know, good for disengaging your own stuff, or if they've got a load of runners, you can, and they're kind of sitting outside of range, can bring them in. Um, I mean, also if the enemy's got a two-inch melee, as they like to sit outside at two, you just do that and bring them all in, and everyone's suddenly in range. So you know, it's got some versatility as a one action on a master. Maybe not that great, but it could win or lose your games quite easily. 
I think this is fantastic. I think in combination with her turning scheme markers into hazardous, this is just another way that you can't do anything about me moving you around in hazardous terrain. Um, and it just you're just going to get death by a thousand cuts is what I'm feeling right here. Like I'm, I'm moving you around and put you where I want you. You're on the back foot because you're in my space. I'm, I'm controlling how this is action, how this is working. As Steve said, it can free up some models. I, I'd use this like Masters AP, especially like to gain control over it, like to free my models up to do you more damage. I think there's a lot of efficiencies there. Yeah, I think it comes down to to one of two things, right? So you've got is this going to score or deny points? At which point that's worth a Masters AP. Or do you have multiple, so say three enemy models that are all going to be affected by hazardous terrain from a scheme marker if you do this action? At which point that you're getting the value from it, right? I think under those two circumstances, it's going to be better than just doing one of our other actions. Um, and then let's look at the last action on our card, which is hostile takeover. So it's range six, stat six needs a 12 to go off with a mask. So it's once per activation, target a scheme marker. Push the target up to two inches in any direction and then drop a scheme marker into base contact with it, then remove the target. So whether it's one of your scheme markers or the opponent's scheme marker, you're going to push it two inches, drop a scheme marker, and then remove the original one. So you're potentially swapping their scheme markers for yours. You're probably going to need to use a card out your hand or price of progress to get the mask in there. Um, but it does have two other triggers on it. The first of which is a ram for focus cleansing. This model heals two and may end a condition on itself. And on a crow, enemy models within two of the drop marker must each pass a target number 13 willpower jewel or suffer one damage and gain stunned. Pretty cool. Stunned is fantastic. As, as a condition in the game, I think probably one of the best ones, if not the best one. Stunned. So anything that could potentially hand out stunned is brilliant. One point of damage again. It's a bit of scheme marker removal. Yeah. Um, liquidation is my favourite on that. But also just giving herself the ability to get a bit of healing, remove a condition. Um, she strikes me as she might struggle a little bit if she gets stunned. Oh, definitely. She needs her triggers for this. I mean, obviously, one of the things Jamie mentioned is you can move friendly markers. Now, if you move a friendly marker that is hazardous terrain, that was another point of plink damage so you're plinking them again so you move one of your own markers it plinks them and then you replace it with another marker and then obviously if you've got the crow and the mask well there's some more tests for more damage and stun so she really can plink someone to death quite easily throughout her activation yeah she's very cool she's got a lot going on in her card and i really like it um but we wouldn't be doing her justice if we didn't talk about her totem so let's talk about sovereign the big metal bird um so defense four and then bucking the the Explorer's Trend with Willpower 7, uh, Move 7, Size 3, so quite a nippy model. Uh, front of card, we've got Armor 2 and Flight. Uh, it's got Price of Progress, which is the keyword ability, and 6 Wounds, so fairly tanky. Um, makes up for Anya's potentially not being as tanky as or not as survivable as most Masters. Um, the other ability on the front of card is Sound of Thunder. So once per activation, after this model is moved... Enemy models within two of it must pass a target number 12 defense duel or suffer one damage and gain stun. Okay, so that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome also when we consider the different things that Anya could have done to move um, Sovereign. So we could obviously use Union Buster to move Sovereign as well, which would then trigger that duel. So especially if you've got a scheme marker there as well, you're double dipping on the uh, jewels for damage there. Looking pretty good so far. What do you guys think of the front of Sovereign's card? 
Yeah, I like it. Uh, I think defense four is is going to probably be a problem for it, but the armor two should make up for that. Nice to see willpower seven. It gives it gives it a strength. Move seven, really good. It's a big bird, size three. Um, so yeah, I, I like the potential of double dipping on the uh, the damages, and again, it lends it back to that whole. I genuinely think this is leaning towards a crew that's just going to kill you with a thousand cuts. It is a death by a thousand cuts crew, the looks of it so far. Yeah, I mean, definitely with Move 7 and Sound of Thunder, I've used the uh, the Shadow Emissary for similar things. And if you're just putting out so many simple jewels, which Anya's already put on our couple, and then you've got, you know, Sound of Thunder in there um, for yet another simple jewel for yet more damage and stunned again. I mean, this crew's putting out quite a lot of stunned. It's almost competing with Pandora on the amount of stunned it's putting out. And this is just, you know, incidental as well. So uh, your opponent's going to kind of throw away their hand to deny this and then you've got like further attack later on once you look at the back of the card um you know it's just simple jewels everywhere stunned everywhere yeah it's it's, it's a pretty amazing totem even with its defense for obviously that's an obvious weakness if someone's got armor piercing attacking your defense but other than that no i mean that makes up for um anya's low wounds yeah, agreed. It's looking really good so far. So if we look at the back of the card, we say death by a thousand cuts, but the menacing talons that uh, Sovereign's got seem pretty meaty to me. So stat six, range one with a two, three, six damage with puncture. Now, don't forget we've got price of progress, so we can build in that ram for puncture, so it's going to be easier to hit that top end six damage. And then we've got a trigger on a tome, which is seen across all three of Sovereign's actions, which is Glory of Ridley. Friendly Syndicate models within aura, uh, within Pulse 4 of this model heal 1. So a nice little bit of healing to make up for the damage you'll probably be doing to yourself from Price of Progress. Um, we've also got a Shockwave attack. So Shockwave 2, move 13, damage 2, and stunned. Um, Sovereign can ignore the effects of this Shockwave and instead heal 2. So that's pretty nice. Nice way to get some wounds back on to Sovereign, especially if you're going to be using Price of Progress to get the Cataclysm trigger on that to drop two markers and affect more models. But two damage and stunned, that's probably one of the better shockwaves in the game. And then we've got Fly With Me. So Fly With Me is as normal, needs a six to go off. Um, it's got the Glory of Ridley trigger, and it's also got Show of Force, which is enemy models within four of this model suffer one damage. So more plink damage, another shockwave. So if you imagine you've got uh, you could do a Thunderstruck, build in the trigger to uh, do it twice, so you can hit multiple models. Um, that's two damage and stunned. You can then fly with me, doing the show of force trigger, which is going to damage all models when you land. Because you've then moved, you can trigger Sound of Thunder, which is going to be then the two-inch pulse of uh, target number 12, defense duel, or one damage and stunned. And then you can just do a basic attack with two, three, six damage, which you could build puncture into. That's quite a lot going on from one activation. Oh, yeah. I mean, for me, I'd probably, because if you actually look at Thunderstruck, it doesn't have a pistol on it. So, you know, you can fly with me, building your show of force, damage and sound of thunder, attack, building your puncture. So you've taken two damage and then you Thunderstruck and heal him. Those two damages just taken, no matter what else you flipped with the possibility of a second duel for stunned. So it's pretty much price of progress on him as long as you do it in the right order and you've got that seven to get Thunderstruck off. You know, it's not going to affect the bird and it's just going to affect the enemy a load. Um, you don't even need the trigger for Cataclysm. If you're in melee, you just drop it next to them and get yourself and heal yourself while you're at it for the two you've just taken for Fly With Me and Menace and Talons. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. I, I really like it um, as a totem. Like, it's fantastic. Fly With Me on a totem is amazing. Yeah, that, that spike of 236 with the puncture trigger 
Um, yeah, wow, what a totem. I, I would also can't wait to get into the lore in this book and find out who Ridley is. <laughs> yeah, it's looking really cool. It's looking really cool. All right, so let's move on to the Syndicate henchmen. We've got Winston Finnegan. So the artwork in a previous version of the card were put out by Weird quite a while ago. and They got some interesting feedback, let's say, on the card. So it's changed quite a lot since then. Let's have a look at it. Um, so we're defense five, willpower six, henchmen with seven wounds. So actually for eight cost, a little bit on the low side for wounds. Um, defensive abilities, we've got luck thief, uh, which is always good in certain situations. And then we've got celebrity, I guess, can come in as a defensive ability. So when Winston takes the interact action, um, he can choose an enemy model within six to gain distracted. So if we're putting stunned out, if we're putting distracted out, that's quite a big impact based on the other things the keyword does. Um, the rest of the front of his card, Arcane Reservoir. It's great to see Arcane Reservoir popping up in Explorers. That will make Winston an instant hit in a few keywords, I'm sure. Um, we've also got Don't Mind Me. So always good to have a Don't Mind Me model for those strats and schemes where you're going to need to interact in the thick of it, such as Recover Evidence. So front of cards looking pretty good. Yeah, like I wouldn't have been surprised if uh, this this guy had the performer keyword. It's a lot of that I would expect to see in the performers, but I mean, it's just a syndicate model. But um, yeah, I think solid. Like eight stones, I'm happy with the stat line. Five five defense, six willpower. Like I said, seven wounds. Uh, you're going to live with it. To be honest, I think um, interesting to see what the back of his card looks like. But I, I think straight away, don't mind me and Arcane Reservoir. This is a this is a take and a crew for me. Yeah, I mean, you can understand the seven wounds when he's got Arcane Reservoir, which, you know, the uh, Arcanists like to pay two for on pretty much any model they can do. So you almost class him as a, a six-stone model anyway. Look, Thief is actually great. Creates some great, um, great like, choices for the enemy when I've used it with Gwyneth Maddox. So, uh, you know, people look at it and go, oh, that's rubbish. But you you can stick him out in the open against the likes of Samurai and Fahatsu, who a lot of people hate and he just doesn't care about them because it's like yeah you're on negatives to shoot me and if you fail well i'm healing um it even makes the point that if they don't cheat they know he's going to heal so you've done some damage you've tried again he's flipped to 13 it's like right am i going to cheat in this card and equal him or am i just going to let him heal so yeah i mean seven wounds is not too bad for an eight stone model with arcane reservoir yeah that's fair enough that's fair enough so let's look at the back of the card um, we've got a one inch melee attack that targets willpower at stat six, which is sharp wit. So target gains slow. Um, we've got three triggers on that. So don't forget we've got price of progress so we can build these in. Uh, we've got draw out secrets to drop a scheme marker. We have got red and black. So red and black is once per activation. Uh, choose two suits, enemy, non leader only. Target must discard a card of either the chosen suit or take of either chosen suit, sorry. So uh, choose two suits. The target must discard a card of either chosen suit or take a non-bonus action, blah, 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 with the normal obey restrictions. So sort of a pseudo-obey in there, which is quite nice. Um, and then the third trigger is sellout. So this trigger must be declared if able, enemy only. Immediately this action fails, then add a soul stone to this crew's soul stone pool. That's so there's a lot going on. He's, yeah. That's Arcane Reservoir pretty much guaranteeing soulstone generation with price of progress there that's really good really good i mean um, your, your downside yeah, obviously um if you price a progress for say red and black and then you flip a crow you've got to declare it so 
there is that downside. You know, you've damaged yourself, and then all of a sudden you failed the duel. You do gain a soul stone, so positives and negatives. Um, but I know later on in the crew, there are models that allow you to look at your enemy's hand. So, you know, red and black can actually be quite more, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bleeding reliable than you might otherwise think when you first look at it, just even though you're choosing two suits. Yeah, yeah. And then let's not forget the target uh, must discard a card of either that chosen suit or um, take a non bonus action so you're getting a benefit either way right you're getting a card discarded or you're getting an action out of them which is pretty cool uh, but yeah let's not forget also um there's two there's a good and a bad side to this so right obviously winston wants to doesn't i'm not sure winston really is a frontline fighter um with the stats he's got but if you are up there giving out slow um you've got slow there you've got distracted when he takes an interact action and the crew's putting out a lot of stunned if you like the the damage or the the inability of your opponent to actually be able to do anything if they've got slow stunned and distracted on them is is massive oh yeah i agree with that i mean i played a lot on nelly and you put out those three quite a lot in that crew and it just shuts down enemy crews masters whatever you know that combination of slow distracted and stunned they're not doing anything yeah it's almost a pseudo paralyze yeah see I like a lot of this, um, but again, I feel I feel like the syndicate model is going to really suffer if anything lands a stun on it. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, but that is, there's got to be a downside to everything, right? Oh yeah, totally. Um, it's not, not saying it's a bad thing, not saying that it, it, it's a problem. I just, uh, I'm just thinking, yeah, you you are very reliant on these on these triggers. Yeah, it seems to be the whole crew is, and as Jamie said, that is a uh, a downside for, you know, all this. We're all going, yeah, look at how good this is, and then stunned, and you're like, oh, sad face. Well, hopefully you'll be doing that to your opponent with all the stunned this crew is putting out as well. So let's look at the rest of his card. So we've got a Derringer on the back of his card, 8-inch, stat 5, 2, 3, 4, damage, standard gun. Um, he's got a bonus attack action called Dirigible Ride. Um, you target a model with size two or less, place the target anywhere within four of its current position. So nice little bit of movement there. It's got three triggers on it. Uh, the crow is target and enemy models within two of it suffer one damage. There we go, a bit more plink damage. We've got a tome, which is target heals two, and we've got a mask, which means if it's within two inches of Winston, Winston can place in base contact with the target. So a bit of movement there. We like that. And then Winston's got one tactical action, which is fortune's favor. So Winston can look at the top three cards of his fate deck and discard any number of them. Um, he can place the remaining cards back in any order, and then for each card he discarded, he can move one, two, or three inches based on the value of the discarded card. So I'm not sure how often you're going to be doing Fortune's Favour, but it's it's an, it's an interesting ability and it's something new, which is nice to see again. I, I think at least once a turn with Fortune's Favour, even if it's setting up for someone else. I mean, he can do it twice, obviously. It allows him to move and keep up with the crew, obviously using your dirigible ride a lot. Um, if he's not in melee, he's not sharp-witting anyway, and his gun is kind of... Yeah, so he's more of a support piece. He might be doing schemes, but Fortune's Favour allows him to move, allows you to kind of uh, manage your deck a bit better so the other models that come after him can do more. So I do think at least once a turn without the same as when you see Big Brain Brin doing his thing. Yeah, I can see that once at least every turn. Yeah, I think Fortune Favour actually gives him something to be doing whilst he's 
whilst he's trying to work out which minion he wants to walk up to and give it some sharp wit. Because I, I do actually, I really like sharp wit, not for the necessary sharp wit, but definitely the triggers on it. And I, I know we're saying he's not probably got the stat line to be hanging in there, but actually I want to be using these triggers on sharp wit. So I think actually fortune's favor, uh, I can see you wanting to use that probably over the Derringer. Um, it And it's, it's more card manipulation. It's more guaranteeing what's happening next shuffling out the bad stuff it, i think he's amazing as well as a support piece goes i think he's really really good yeah i don't know I, I i think i think he is really really good i do think he's a little bit conflicted maybe um the front of his card feels a little bit like a scheme runner um or like a scheme manipulator um who probably wants a bit more movement and then the back of his card just feels a bit all over the place but that's not saying the things that are there aren't useful. It's just saying that I'm not sure what role you're going to have him in on the table. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be slow. With the original bull ride and price of progress, you know, certainly in the first turn or two, he's moving one of your models and he can quite easily place himself in base contact with the target as well while he's at it. So he's not being left behind. Then a, that's a free action, then a fortune's favour. So he gets a little bit more movement as you manipulate your deck. And then, you know, he can shoot something he can drop a scheme he can sharp wit depends on where he is obviously um so i don't think he's going to get left behind certainly not on the first two turns and then hopefully he's in position to do what he needs to after that anyway i think i think this model will surprise surprise people i think we'll be surprised of how much we'll see this get play like because just because arcane reservoir we know people love it um and yeah i think the other things he can do is really strong he's got a bit of movement in there the card manipulation goes a long way yeah, that's fair enough. I don't think there's as much movement for him as we think. Because like, if you look at um, Dirigible Ride, the model that he's he's placing in base contact with has to end within two of him, which potentially is less movement for that model. So you're, you're potentially hampering yourself there a little bit. And the push from checking the cards, I mean, he's only really pushing further than he would averagely move. If you're chucking some severe cards away, which you probably don't want to be doing, so I think it's it's an inter- it's definitely an interesting model and it's definitely useful. I'm just looking at it going, I'm not 100% sure where or what I'm using this model for. I want to hire it because Arcane Reservoir is good, Don't Mind Me is good, but I'm not quite sure what he's actually doing. Yeah, it's, it's entirely possible this model may benefit from an upgrade, but then you sunk 10 stones into it at that point. So, yeah. Yeah, right, I suppose see how the rest of the crew pans out, right? We've got Corvus Rook, who is another henchman for Syndicate. He's also a henchman for the Department of Ungentlemanly Affairs, which we'll be talking about on another podcast. Um, So Corvus is Defense 6, Willpower 6, Move 6, with 9 wounds for 9 stones. Pretty solid so far. Um, Rule on his card is Flexible Morality. So after an enemy model targets this model with an attack action, the enemy model must either discard a card or suffer a neg to its jewels. That seems very good. Um, obviously, if models have got a built-in pause, um, they're not going to worry about that. So it's probably a slightly less powerful version of Serene Countenance, which I'm, I'm super okay with. He's got Remove Evidence. So at the start of this model's activation, it may remove a Scheme, Corpse, or Scrap Marker within four to draw a card. We love that. Obviously, got to give that choice with the Scheme Markers because you may not want to remove them because the Hazardous may be better. Um, we've got 
slippery, so this model can only be engaged or targeted by claw actions from enemy models in base contact with it. That's a very cool rule. Um, then we've got classic price of progress, which comes from his syndicate keyword. And then lastly, we've got ungentlemanly affairs, which is its de- department of ungentlemanly affairs uh, keyword ability. And that is this model treats negatives from concealment, distracted and friendly fire as positives. So that's a pretty busy front of card. A lot of cool things, though. This this model sounds amazing. I that slippery is brilliant flexible morality is a brilliant and like say a model that's got a built-in pause and appreciate we can focus but that, that there isn't that many models with a built-in pause well at least not, not that i know of um and ungentlemanly affairs as a as a crew ability i think is very strong very can't wait to talk about department of ungentlemanly affairs because that is brilliant yeah he's another great model he's another henchman so this crew's i'm gonna have to run heavy on stones i think but uh, front of card, he's got some solid stats there, and it's a flexible morality and slippery. Combine those two, and it's yeah, you know, it's a really a pain for the enemy if they're even going to go after him because you've got to get him base to base, which means you can hit your back. You've got to discard cards. No, I mean, he's a great front of card there. Yeah, agreed. Um, and then if we look at the back of the card, so his attack action, staggering punch, nor inch melee range, which makes slippery make sense. So if you're engaging Corvus, he's engaging you. Uh, stat 7, which is awesome, uh, targeting defense. So target suffers 2, 3, 4 damage and gains staggered. And once again, we've got a trigger on every suit. So we've got draw out secrets, which is going to uh, pal up really well with his remove evidence and Anya's expansionist. Uh, we've got execute on a crow. We've got shove aside on a mask. And we've got tell me what you know on a ram, which is enemy only. Target must either discard a card or name one of their unrevealed schemes and the models chosen that's pretty big yeah that is pretty big like yeah th- this i uh, this model well, i don't see a reason why you don't take this model staggering punch is fine two three four damage cool gives a staggered stat seven another stat seven model like it, stat seven is super powerful um just just means it can guarantee to push things through um and all those triggers and the fact that you can price a progress up and execute mad mad good power price of progress up a shove aside and we there's so much so much power in a shove aside you see it an awful lot in a lot of the competitive play shove aside is a brilliant trigger uh but i think tell me what you know could be could be interesting like you go do you want to drop a card for that do you want to drop a card or tell them your scheme like, i suppose if you're in a comfortable position you're like yeah cool man I, i'm set up i'm i'm gonna get this this turn i don't care here's here's my scheme or are you going to... Yeah, I think it's quite situational, maybe. Yeah, it's definitely situational. Definitely situational, but situationally amazing. I mean, yeah, he's, he is great with all those things. He's, he's making you get rid of cards, whether it's execute or tell me what you know. can be great abilities early on. You attack some... I mean, well, with stat seven, you can pretty much attack whatever you want, and he can choose the suit he needs at the time. So he's making them discard cards, and this is going to be great, obviously, when you go into his, his next abilities as well. Um you know, and you can combine it with Winston. So the less cards they've got, you know, the more chance you've got of doing these pseudo obeys. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, cool. Let's look at the other two actions on his card. So he's got pressure, which is eight inch range, stat six versus willpower. Target a non-leader enemy model within three inches of a scheme or friendly shadow marker. Target must either discard a random card and suffer two damage, or take a non-bonus action standard obey restrictions. 
Uh, he's got a tome trigger for a draw out secrets and a mask trigger for pulled here and there. So a pseudo obey, a little bit harder to get off and very easy for your opponent to mitigate with a card discard, but the option is there and, and situationally is going to be good if your opponent's got no cards in their hand, you can guarantee it going off. Um, and then we've got a bonus action, backroom dealings, 10-inch range, stat 6 versus willpower. Enemy only, reveal the target's control hand with a potential pulled here and there trigger. So I think the front of the card and that that staggering punch are, are definitely the selling points on this dude. Um, but that that is, a, that is a nice model. It's nine soul stones, but that is nine soul stones worth of card. Yeah, that, that is a solid model for nine stones. Pressure, I think, is better because it is a random card as well. Like you could randomly pull out one of their high cards, um, and suffer two damage. Uh, must even discard it or suffer two damage. It's I think I think that's better than a just standard card discard because they don't have a choice over what they're getting rid of. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's not only just discard or suffer two; it's discard a random and suffer two, or take a non non bonus action, which, as we've already seen, you know, they've got to discard cards to attack him with on straights. Uh, he's got triggers to make him discard cards through the likes of execute, possibly tell me what you know. Then this is more card discard. Um, you get to see their entire hand as well with backroom dealings. And as I said, that combines with Winston, who can choose a suit to either make him discard a card or he can choose one of the suits that they don't have because you already know their hand by now um, and make them do an action as well. So between him and Winston, I mean, these two work really well together for destroying someone's hand or pseudo obeying them. I mean, yeah, you know, I think those two are going to make every crew that I, I play with uh, Anya, so be prepared. Yeah, I think I think they they for me are are definite takes in a syndicate syndicate keyword because the the card discard is brilliant. Um, all the stuff they're doing around that, but actually all the all the need to do some simple jewels is made harder if I'm making you get rid of your cards, right? All of a sudden, you're ditching cards and you're like, oh, just drop out this, drop out this four, drop out this five, drop out this six. All of a sudden, you haven't got the spare cards to be passing some of these simple jewels. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, cool. So we like Corvus. Um, let's move into the minions then for the syndicate keyword. Uh, so first one we've got is another Department of Ungentlemanly Affairs crossover model with syndicate, and that is the operative. Um, so the operative has price of progress on the front of his card and the ungentlemanly affairs, so the two keyword abilities. We've also got set up for success, which is after this model results an attack action targeting an enemy model that is within two of a scheme marker, draw a card. So we know we've got some uh, scheme marker manipulation in this keyword, which is really nice. Um, then we've got infiltrator. So infiltrator says that enemy models do not treat this model as an enemy model for their actions, abilities and triggers. This model may choose to be affected by the actions, abilities, and triggers of enemy models that are restricted to friendly models and or models of a specific keyword. So that's a bit wordy, but effectively what it means, if we look at, um, even if we go back and look at just um, Corvus, Corvus had backroom dealings, which says enemy only. So if you he wouldn't be able to use that against an operative. There's lots of different things that state enemy only, and there's lots of, lots of, positive things that are friendly models only that the operative could then take advantage of and we're talking about a five stone five wound model here but that's some pretty cool tech yeah i mean he is it's great he, he can heal you know you're standing near a hodgepodge emissary you can heal um he can't do triggers on them that are enemy only i think um pandora and candy are really screwed against him because as far as i'm aware their attacks only attack enemy so it's like he's just standing there in front of them two going yeah what are you going to do 
you know, um, or you can, uh, I think Pandora actually, if I remember rightly, her shockwave friendlies can ignore it. So you can pretty much ignore Pandora. He just wanders around and goes, yeah, Pandy, I don't really care about you. So that's actually a great ability. It's friendly woes. Ah, okay. Maybe I'm not, well, yeah, you've been playing a lot of Pandora lately, but certainly her actual Uh, attack. It it makes no difference at all because it specifically says to a friendly models and or models of a specific Uh, keyword. There you go. So he's pretty much immune to Pandora then. Yeah, he's still still taking advantage of those friendly WoW abilities. So this is really cool. And don't get me wrong, this five-stone model isn't turning the tide of the game, but it can be more of a headache than it first appears to deal with. Um, But let's look at the back of the card and see what he's actually doing. So we've got... A one two four melee attack ignoring armor at stat four um, with draw out sequence. So another way to drop a ski marker. And if you do drop that ski marker, then you'll be looking for set for success to draw a card, which is quite nice. Uh, we've got an eight inch range Derringer with two three four damage at stat five. Not the best in the world, but don't forget with ungentlemanly affairs, you can be ignoring concealment, distracted, and friendly fire to turn them into plus flips, which is nice. Um, arson. So dropping a shockwave through a scheme marker, which is nice. You do have to remove it afterwards, but it's damage to burning one. So that is a solid, solid attack. We've also got the Trail of Dusk, which is a Department of Ungentlemanly Affairs keyword sort of trigger here, which immediately drops a destructible concealing shadow marker into base contact with the model. And then you've got a uh, ram trigger for cut your losses. So friendly only when resolving this uh, when resolving, friendly models may ignore the effects of the shockwave. And then as a bonus, we've got Ambush. Solid model. Like, for five soul stones, that's that's a good bit of model. Yeah, for five, five soul stones, considering the front of his card, um, I, yeah, I think, finish with five soul stones with Derringer and Hid- Hidden Blades, uh, I've been taking that, just because Hidden Blades has got some Ignore Armor. That's a really great option to just drop five stones worth of Ignore Armor into a crew. Yeah, it's only stat four, but with Ungentlemanly Affairs, there's potential there to get good on that i guess um and arson is is a brilliant ability uh, i think uh, i five stones worth a great model um infiltrator i think yeah it'd be interesting to see how that pans out over time like actually could that could that just get beyond frustrating maybe i don't know maybe yeah you try you try to have to work out is the infiltrator work does it not work i'm not entirely sure but certainly i mean the fact that um setup for success is after an at- after resolving an attack it doesn't matter if you hit or miss so with the scheme markers the crew's randomly putting out anyway you know you've got some card draw on a five stone model it doesn't he doesn't care if he's hit or miss yes he's got a trigger if he's in melee with his stat four but you know we just stand there shooting people and if you hit some great it's damage if he misses them eh, either way i'm getting a card and is card draw is a huge thing you know the amount of models that are taken literally for their card draw in this game um i, I think is is a great little five stone model and being able to ignore so much of the enemy stuff or even benefit from some of their stuff you can't complain at that for five stones i think i think you're taking two of them personally i, I take two of them derringers set up for success some cards there yeah why, why are you not taking two of these exactly well, possibly because you've got to try and fit them in with all the other things you want. Um, so let's have a look at another thing you might want. Uh, so we're double dipping on another keyword here, and that is with Seeker. So we've got the Surveyor. This is a six-cost Defense 5, back into the normal Willpower 4 of Explorers with six wounds. Um, price of Progress, Armor 1, Unimpeded, so not a terrible front card there. He's got his Seeker keyword ability, which is Chronicle, 
Um, so the Surveyor's Chronicle ability is once per activation, after another model within six heals, this model may discard a card to create a height two blocking, destructible, impassable, and hazardous geode marker anywhere within two of the healed model. So we've got a fair bit of movement in this crew. We know that Anya likes to move models around. So if we can get a geode marker and then Anya starts doing Union Buster to push you through a scheme marker to take a wound into a geode marker to take a wound, there's a lot of potential there. Now, I appreciate that's a bit of a stars align um sort of uh situation there but it's potential like it is is potential to do it and actually it's not hard for anya to do an attack which heals her one because she built in siphon life she's then gonna when she heals trigger the chronicle of the surveyor who's going to drop a geo marker within two of her and then she starts pushing people um so yeah, there's definitely potential there. Um, on the back, of, oh, go on. Sorry, go on. I was about to say, like, I, I think that comes up quite a bit, especially with the totem in this crew as well. Like with with its heal ability on its trigger on basically all of its all of its actions. Like this could come up quite a bit. I appreciate it's once per activation; you're only dropping it once, but you've got the heal on that, you've got the heal on Anya. That that will trigger quite a bit, I'd say. And I mean, when you come to his yeah, attacks on the back, can. he's got movement on both of them as well, anyway. So, and yeah, well, well, I'll wait till you get to the back, but you can certainly, it's not going to be stars aligned. I think you'll see that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I just think, obviously, we've got about, I'm not sure how useful the geode markers are for the crew outside of Anya, but we'll see. There are some movement tricks, but, um, oh, to be fair, no, Corvus has got some as well. Uh, but yeah, let's have a look at the back of the card. So we've got a two-inch engage, stat five, two, two blast, three blast. Melee attack with sweeping strike or mass hysteria, both good. Mass hysteria obviously triggers really nicely with the hazardous from Anya and the hazardous ge- uh, geode markers. And don't forget, with Price of Progress, you can build those in. Uh, we've got a hooked chain, which is range eight, stat five, target suffers two, three, four. Push the target three inches towards this model uh, with an on-your-heels trigger, or the Pythagorean Quake, um, which is once per activation, choose a friendly scheme or friendly terrain marker within range. Enemy models within the area formed between this model, the target, and the chosen marker must pass the target number 12, move jewel or suffer one damage and be pushed three in any direction. So that's potentially two damage if the three-inch push pushes them somewhere else, but it is only a target number 12, move jewel. That's that's a lot of potential. It's a lot of fun, a little bit of working out, but seems pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. Um, a lot of what I'm feeling out of the Surveyor right now is we might be doubling down on the things a lot of the crew's already doing, um, which which makes me think uh, for, for Six Stones, I, I'm still taking the operative above it um, because a lot, of, a lot of what this this model is doing is in that. But the, the action itself is very cool. I, I like that. And with the pushes, you can push them into the hazardous, the ski marker. It all really fits. It fits really nicely. Just be interested to see where where you where you have to move away from. Oh, this is really cool. It's in the keyword, and we're doing all the pushes and the moves. To actually, I'm just going to put in a solid model. Yeah, I mean, you could do that, but if, as you say, the stars align, you've got already Anya's hazardous area around scheme markers you've got these hazardous geo markers and a bonus action which we're coming up to he creates a hazardous area around himself and as he's got triggers to move on his actual attacks you can actually do his attack and then three lots of plink damage as well so you know it, it can really those crews that are armored but low wounds um your hoffman crews and stuff are just taking plink 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 and they're just dying to all this plink damage it's it's really good 
Yeah, I think in terms of actual board impact, the surveyor's doing a lot more than the operative is. And yeah, as Steve alluded to, we've got Chain Gang and then we've got Field of Steel, which is a two-inch hazardous terrain aura that the surveyor can put up around itself, which are both bonus actions. So there's a lot of potential to impact the board with plink damage there. So I think the surveyor's definitely got a place. This is looking like an awesome keyword. Um, I think we all we all like this. Um, so we've wrapped up through the models now. Are there any upgrades or versatile models you see yourself being tempted to take with them? I mean, with the amount of plink damage, I'm actually tempted by... Oh God, I can't even remember the name of it. What's the one where you're allowed to cheat face down and cause one damage if they cheat? Hidden Agenda. That's the one. I'm tempted by that with, uh, with Anya because it's just more plink damage. If they want to cheat against her to reduce her off her, onto her weeks... You know, that's great. Um, the chances are you're going to hit anyway. They might not cheat. I do. I like it on some models. She's probably one. And certainly with the amount of simple jewels the crew's got, I think either the effigy or emissary for their healing, just to counter the price of progress they're using. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think you definitely see the emissary because of the amount of simple jewels or the effigy. Um, I still think treasure map is really good, but that's going to be very situational depending on what the kind of game is. I think Anya herself might want Flash the Cash because she's not got many wounds and actually under Dedicated Fire she probably might just want to drop the card for, or drop the stone even to not take the hit to just save some of her hit points, save some of her health to be able to do price of progress on something on the return um, and with um, the options to generate stones out of um, Winston on the, the Crow Trigger it's, it's not much of a high cost for her I'd say so that that would be really good. Yeah, for me, I'm I'm reaching for the hopeful prospect uh, condition removal, and you definitely don't want stunned on your syndicate models. But also, there's loads of plink damage here, so I think it's going to be fairly easy to have quite a few enemy models sat around on very few wounds. At which point, there's a fair chance the hopeful prospect can pick one off um, and manage to to grow into like a surveyor or an operative or something like that. Um, which is which is going to be a really good place for it to sit in, and I think I just think mostly the condition removal. But you know what? If it manages to kill a model and turn into a surveyor, brilliant. Yeah, you know what? I'm happy with that. So yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Can't wait to see it. It's going to be awesome. Cool. So that is it from us, Steve. Thank you very much for joining us again. And thanks again for having me. No worries. All right. Well, we're off. Speak to you later. Bye bye. Bye for now. Bye.